Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to continue our discussion about the Bible and its reliability and how we, how we relate to the Bible and how we use it and such. And we're going to get to some practical things this week. This week, we're going to talk about when we look at the Bible, how do we know what it says? How do we interpret the Bible? How do we um, how do we understand the Bible? So first of all, we're going to get into the understanding part. We're going to talk about both of those things, but the first part we call illumination. Uh, how does it made light? And our definition for the illumination of the Bible is the act whereby the truths of the Word of God are applied to the human mind by means of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason that that last part is in there by means of the work of the Holy Spirit is because without the work of the Holy Spirit, the scriptures cannot be fully understood. Have you ever had someone who is an unbeliever say to you, I just can't understand the Bible? And they're reading a modern translation. Now, if they're, they're reading an ancient translation or some spurious translation, I could understand why it would be a lot more difficult for anyone to understand that, because language changes over the years, especially over a couple hundred years. Um, but if they're reading a relatively modern translation, uh, something like either the NIV, the ESV, the New American Standard, which is my personal favorite, um, then they should be able to understand the words in the English. But can they understand the Bible? Well, if they don't have the Holy Spirit, then they're missing part of the equation on how to understand the Bible. And you say, well, that's convenient. Um, you, can, you can just say that, and then you can make it say whatever you want. But let's see what the Scripture says about it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16, he says this, this is the Apostle Paul reading. He's going to quote a scripture and then he's going to talk about it. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We'll pause there for a moment. See, nobody knows what's going through my head except me. In my spirit, in my inner being, I'm the only one that knows what's going through my mind, what I'm thinking. You cannot look at me and tell me exactly what I'm thinking. You may have an idea uh, based on history with me, experience with me, and, and facial expressions and such, and the current conversation and where it tends to head. You can have signs, but you still can't know for certain what I am thinking unless you could see inside my spirit. This is the same thing as with God. Nobody can understand exactly what God is trying to say without the Spirit of God. Um, verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the, the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, 
but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person, or the unbeliever, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Apart from the, the Trinity applications here, which take a look because they're there, um, the, the Spirit of God is given to us. Now remember, this is not some miraculous thing that happens um, at a whim. This is something that happens for every believer in Jesus Christ. When they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit comes immediately to live inside the heart of the believer. And so at that point, you have the Spirit of God, and you never lose the Spirit of God. It doesn't go away. It's, it's not something that, um, you know, like, like the, the measles or, or, the, or chicken pox or something, and eventually you'll get over it. Uh, this isn't something like that. The Spirit of God comes in to stay. And so once you, once you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can understand the rest of the Bible a whole lot better because you have the Spirit of God helping you to understand the Bible. Let's go ahead and move on to the next part. Um, in this illumination, the Holy Spirit is not only helps us, but he is actually necessary for spiritual learning. In John chapter 16, John chapter 16, verse 13 says this when the spirit of truth comes this is jesus speaking he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come if we want to understand truth if we want to understand all truth we need the spirit of god we need the Holy Spirit. He's necessary for understanding spiritual living. Um, we're, we can also see in Luke chapter 24 that the other persons of the Godhead, and this one specifically is speaking of Jesus himself, but the other persons of the Godhead are also involved in illumination or helping us to understand the Bible. Luke chapter 24 Starting in verse 44, then he said to them, that's Jesus, said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. God helps us to understand the scriptures. That's why anytime I do a Bible study, anytime I do my devotions uh, each morning, I begin with prayer and I ask God to help me to understand. Help me to understand what it's saying. Help me to understand how to apply it to my life and my circumstance and my situation, my context, um, because God helps us to understand 
Here, Jesus opened the minds of the disciples so that they could understand the scriptures about him because they didn't before that. They didn't before the resurrection. And so that is illumination. How do we understand the Bible? Something else that's related to illumination and related to how do we understand the Bible is this thing we call interpretation. Uh, you may have heard someone say before, well, that's how you interpret the Bible, or that's how so-and-so interprets the Bible, or I don't understand how to interpret the Bible. Um, our method of interpretation is this. According to Scripture, our method of interpretation is the Bible must be interpreted literally unless otherwise indicated by the author. So, basically... The Bible says what it means and means what it says. We, we take it for face value. We take it literally. When, um, when Mark writes that Peter was in a boat and he got out of the boat walking on the water to Jesus, that's exactly what he meant. That wasn't an allegorical phrase for something else. He literally was in a boat and he literally walked on the water until his eyes got off on the waves. Um, we can see that the Jews always interpreted the Bible literally. When we go back to, to the, Jewish, uh, the, the Jewish people of Jesus' day, and even today, as they look at the Old Testament, they look at the Levitical sacrifices, and they understood those to be literal. They didn't understand those to be sig uh, signifying something else. Uh, you couldn't say, well, this grain offering really means something else, so he doesn't really want me to do a grain offering or a burnt offering or, or a sin offering or any other of the offerings. Uh, the, those Levitical sacrifices were taken very literally. Also, as we go throughout the first five books of the Bible— and especially through Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomic law was taken very literally. They understood that when the Bible says that if you kill someone, that you should pay with your life, that that's exactly what it meant. It wasn't signifying something else. It didn't, it didn't mean something else. It meant exactly what it said. Um, or, you know, if you harmed someone and they lost their arm, that you would pay for it with your arm. Uh, some people criticize the Bible about that passage because it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And that's really talking about government um, meeting out uh, judgment and uh, discipline on people because of not following the law. And so as people are harming other people, the retribution back to them was the same thing that they did to somebody else. So it's going to happen back to you. Uh, kind of goes to the golden rule, do to other people what you would have them to do to you. And uh, the, the Jews always interpreted that very literally. They, they understood it to be very, exactly what it said, not significant of other things, not um, allegorical in any way, shape, or form. Not only did the Jews interpret the Bible literally, but Jesus interpreted the Bible literally. If we go to Matthew chapter 4, 
Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 3, this is when Jesus was in the desert and he was being tempted by the devil. And um, each time that the devil tempted him with something, he brought back scripture. Starting in verse 3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He understood that to be very literal. He was very literally hungry. He had been in the wilderness for 40 days without food. He was literally hungry. And he said, this, this verse that says we should not live by bread alone, but God's word is going to carry us through. He meant God's word is going to carry me through, not hunger. Hunger is, satisfying my hunger with bread is not what's going to get me through life. What's going to get me through life is the word of God. He literally meant that. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus then replies to, to Satan's twisting of scripture and says, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, interpreting this very literally. I'm not going to test God. I'm not going to jump off this thing and have the angels scoop me up to test God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He says, I'm only going to serve God. I'm only going to worship God because literally that's what the Bible says. Uh, we can go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And uh, verse 26 and 27. Verses 26 and 27. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. Here's talking to the Sadducees. We talked about this last week, this very passage. And he takes this passage and he says, God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God of the living. Literally, that's what he means, because literally, that's what he says. I know I'm using that word a lot, but he, he says exactly what he says is what he means. Not only did Jesus interpret the Bible literally, and there's a whole bunch of passages, just for the sake of time, we're limiting it to those two. Um, I've got three more passages we're going to get to with the apostles interpreting the Bible literally. We're going to first go to Galatians 3. 16 Galatians 3:16 and we talked about this one last week as well. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring who is Christ. He says that that's literal. When it says offspring, he means offspring. He didn't miss up 
uh, didn't say something he didn't mean. He really means offspring. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. These next two passages are both in Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Here Peter is saying, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter specifically says in this passage that no Scripture is up to your own personal interpretation. So if someone says to you, well, that's what you think the Bible says, but I think it says this, they are full of baloney. The Bible says what it means and means what it says. It's, uh, it, it, he says right here, there's no personal interpretation. Uh, the pro no prophecy of Scripture came from someone's own interpretation. This is God saying what he means. And by the way, he's talking specifically about the Bible here and that this can be trusted even more than your experience, even more than what you see firsthand. Because he said in verse 19, we have the prophetic word speaking about how he was eyewitnesses. They were eyewitnesses with Jesus Christ and they heard the, the, uh, the, the voice from God on the Mount of Transfiguration. They, they heard the voice a number of times, and he said, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed in the Scriptures. The Scriptures are even more trustworthy, he says, than what we heard and saw and what, what, uh, what was prophesied. So you've got this in the Scripture. It was way more trustworthy uh, even than what you see. And then chapter 3 in 2 Peter and verse 16. Chapter 3 and verse 16. Here he's speaking about Paul. Let's back up to verse 15. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Now, there's a couple things going on here. First of all, he's saying what Paul wrote was scripture. So Peter is acknowledging that Paul was writing scripture, that what Paul was writing was inspired by God. That's significant to what we were talking about last week. But then he also says here, people are twisting it. People are twisting what Paul said, but really he means exactly what he says. He doesn't mean some super spiritual other thing that you have to, uh, you know, dance around the circle twice and, you know, say some chant in order to understand or have some special ability to understand apart from the Holy Spirit itself, which is given to every believer. 
There is no special understanding ability that's given to special believers uh, other than others, other than they understand the scripture more because they've studied it more. Um, it's, it's not an interpretation issue. It's just a maturity issue. And so there is no special interpretation. I'll leave you with this phrase, and I don't even remember where I, I, I read it. I, I remember I got it back in college, and um, I think this is a great way when you're thinking about how do I interpret the Bible. When the plain sense of Scripture means, makes common sense, seek no other sense. So if, the Bible, if what you read makes sense, that's what it means. Don't look for anything else. There's nothing else you need to look for. Well, thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next week on Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.